What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ebb and Flow Podcast. It's me, ex-NFLer turned yogi, <laughs> Eben Britton. It's great to be with you guys on this magnificent day. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, you will notice that I am flooded in red light thanks to my new dope unit from Vital Red Light. It's an amazing product. More coming on that soon. Going to have Jake Cruz, the CEO of that company, on a future episode. This episode, however, is Into the Metaverse Part 3. Gus and I got our hands on an Oculus unit, and we took that thing for a spin in this episode. We talk about that experience um, break it down. We also explore further this, the cultural and psychological implications of this technology. Um, I think you'll find our perspective refreshing, maybe. Um, we venture into tribalism, we venture into the solutions. I think you guys will get a lot out of this. It was fun to explore. I think for now, we have concluded our exploration of of the metaverse. Um, I'm sure that more will emerge, and as more continues to unfold with this stuff, we will be exploring it more in the future. Um, So before I send you off to enjoy this episode which is a lot of fun. Hey, we all need a better night of sleep. Am I wrong? Um, sleep is quintessential for our health and well-being, mentally, emotionally, physically. There is perhaps no, nothing more important to focus on when you are building a foundation of well-being than prioritizing your sleep and getting great sleep. And one way to do that, to improve the quality of your sleep, is to supplement with magnesium. Magnesium is a super powerful mineral. We need it. Our body uses it for over 200 various processes in our body. Great for our heart, our hormone function, energy production, bone health, organ health. Um... You name it, magnesium is basically involved in the process of upkeeping the body in its healthiest state. The best magnesium product on the market, bar none, is Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. Right now, you can head over to magbreakthrough.com forward slash ebb and flow Use the code EBBINFLOW10 to get 10% off your next order. You will not regret it. This stuff is super calming, great for your nervous system, toning your nervous system, getting it into that parasympathetic state, helping you to rest and digest, relax, recover. I highly recommend it. One of my favorite supplements of all time, Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizer. So check it out. 
Um, if you want to check out some new dope merch, we've got the psychedelic ebb and flow power tribe tea available now at higherpowerworkshop.com. Check that out. There's also yoga mats and other cool merch at that online shop. Um, I think you guys will dig it if you want to support the brand and get it out there. You know, I appreciate that either way. I love you guys. Um, For more in-depth how-to content, head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash E-D-S Britain. Check that out. I've got a morning routine up there. I've also got a yoga flow and kettlebell workout up there that you can check out. More good stuff coming as well. I think that's about it y'all lots of love to you guys have an epic rest of your day standing in your highest greatness and enjoy peace you have unlocked the eternal link to internal source the key of imagination your admission access to the enlightened dimension a gateway at the junction of darkness and light the place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. And we're in. What's up, peeps? It's a stealth mission. Gus is stoking up the Palo Santo. Yep. Gus, good to be here. It's good to be here. Hello, everybody. Hello. How is everyone? A lot going on out there. Been getting really great messages uh, from you, from you guys and girls, and you know, thank you. Thank you for um, letting us know how you feel about the podcasts and your thoughts and what the ebb and flow um, represents and means for you. And you know, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. I'm. I love. I love the messages. The the reflection. The feedback. I love it all. It's really. It's helpful and meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Um so here we are brother into the metaverse part 3. This is it. This is it. Um So what did we do, Gus? Well, what did we do? Well, you had a friend who had an Oculus. We kind of felt like okay, we're talking about this thing a lot. We want to You know, we, um, let's have an experience of it. Yeah. Let's actually experience this thing. Let's put our money where our mouth is and see what's going on. Yeah. Um, so you borrowed an Oculus from your friend. We obtained the Oculus. I went over to your house. We put it on and we did it. And I was unimpressed. That's my, uh, if you want one word from my experience. (laughs) Unimpressed. Wasn't impressed. That was that was the word that you used. Yeah. Coming out of your experience, and we'll we'll dive into that. Yeah. We'll yeah. dissect that. Yeah. 
Uh, for me, are there other VR devices? Is I Oculus think, kind of the main one? Or are there other brands? I think there are other brands. I've been seeing other uh, virtual reality products. I believe there are. Yeah. Um, so we we did an Oculus. Um, I also watched the Metaverse or Facebook turning into Meta keynote speech. It's an, like an hour and a half long. So I watched that for everybody. So you can <laughs> thank me. You didn't need to watch that thing. But um, there was good information in it, you know? Yeah, I interesting. Guess. I'm interested to hear more of that. Um, so my thoughts on the Oculus, my experience in the virtual realm. I feel like virtual reality in itself is a an outdated is are we talking about virtual reality? Is that what this is? Yeah. It's virtual reality. It's virtual reality. I don't even know what that means really when you break that down. It's one of those things virtual reality. virtual reality. Yeah. Cuz aren't we in virtual reality? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, what, what's the um, root of the word virtual? Does it have virtue? to do with virtue? I know, That's but is what that it true? seems like to me. That's why language, man, Shit. it's so interesting. Oh, we and we were talking, we were trying to define meta. I, I did define, I, what was it again? I forgot. I don't have my phone. I, I looked know. up the root of, or I heard the root of meta, like where it comes from. Oh, Christ. I think we did okay. that definition earlier on. No, we made up our own. We did? Yeah, and then on the meta right, well, keynote speech, thing he so says can... meta means Here, look at blah, it. blah, blah. Um, My thoughts on it. I don't know if I could put one word on it. I was on it for maybe maximum 10 minutes. And I felt like my eyes and my brain were melting out of my head. You virtually have two television screens, one inch from each eyeball. Which in itself to me was not enjoyable at all um should we just dive in so yeah. i did did you find it yeah what's the definition uh, well, of meta? meta well the definition that comes up really quickly is of a creative work referring to itself or to the conver conventions of its genre self-referential which i guess is sort of that sort of definition i had where it's kind of like a russian doll thing which is the self-referential uh-huh yeah and then yeah. it's also greek it means uh its origin is greek which basically means after or beyond yeah, beyond or along with among or behind but yes. it's greek basically beyond beyond yeah so. because when you talk about metaphysical it's beyond the physical boundaries mm -hmm. Um, so wait, can you look up virtual too? Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to dive in while you're looking that up. Um, you put this thing on and it brings you into your home space. 
which is really interesting. It looks really beautiful. It looks like, I don't know, video games, I feel like video game, have video games just not gotten much better since we were kids? I think video game, what do you mean in terms of graphics? Yeah. Like, they kind of hit a max, don't well, they? I don't know. I think, well, I've... They sort of I mean, have a ceiling of of clarity, of definition, of of uh, realness. Well, I haven't played enough video games chronologically to really know. I mean, I think they're, the video game graphics are getting better. But I know what you're going to say. The graphics in Oculus weren't very good. Yeah, it's like, remember when you got N64 and that new Super Mario game? Yeah. Like Mario 64? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was epic. Like, it was beautiful. It was so fun because it was so beyond the Super Nintendo. Right version of mario which was like a 2d thing you know now it was this 3d experience and it was really fun and it was beautiful that's kind of i mean what oculus felt like to me not so cartoony right because you're in this like pretty dope like outdoor bohemian hut billionaire's house yeah billionaire's hut on a cliff (laughs) Well, it's like a mansion. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a weird, and there's like couches and all kinds of cool stuff that you can't really go That's sit in. Clearly fake, though. So like, okay, yeah, it's just it looks like you... a good video game. And then you look out at this valley, and it's yeah. it's sunset. It's perpetually sunset and beautiful and serene. And there's stuff, but it's and... fake. Yeah. So how long do you want me to right. fucking pretend this thing is, I know, is blowing my mind? No, I know. I'm just giving the. I'm giving the thing. I know. I'm, I'm already. Ju- I'm already You're jumping to. The, I'm already jumping to the. Uh... Well, I want to say something about this. Have you looked up virtual? Yeah, I did. Or what is it? It's Latin. Virtual is Latin, and it is actually possessing certain virtues. That's very odd. I don't understand who came up with the it's name. It's Gerard Lanier. Geron Lanier, who I couldn't get in touch with. I was trying to yeah. interview him. I guess he's like the father of virtual reality. He's very intellectually interesting, so I'm curious why he chose the word virtual. So, but I but maybe it comes from video games where you get to be virtuous. You get to do things. Many things. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. Um so okay. So then you go and there's like there's a home screen that you can click on stuff and you could go to apps and you could watch tv you could watch a basketball game so i just wanted to have an experience of this thing so i picked this app called trip which is a meditation app right on the oculus yeah so click into it it's got a whole menu of options. You can do guided meditations. You can pick a place and go to this place. I picked one that was, I think it was Focus. And you're in this super cosmic fucking 
water island in space and there's stars from floor to ceiling and there's this glistening pond that you're kind of standing on and these crystal towers and it looks cool um once again i'm the graphics weren't mind blown by any means they were they looked like good ps playstation 3 graphics or something you know it was like maybe um so anyway in this app or this this exercise in this meditation app called trip i'm doing the focus one something okay focus it's probably going to help me focus get a little energized maybe make me feel like i'm ready to have a conversation or do something whatever xyz Whatever you do when you focus. (laughs) So in the exercise, I'm, I start off and I'm following this bird and the exercise is basically guide this flying bird around these blocks that keep coming up and get it through the hoop and on your way to the finish line. So I do that. That was sort of interesting. Um, after that, One thing I did think was really interesting was at the end of that exercise, you fly up to this new plane and it felt like I was in an elevator. I had this feeling like I was moving up, which was interesting talking about in Ready Player One when they go into that dance hall scene and Uh they're falling in the anti-gravity thing and how would you feel that? So that was interesting. Mostly because it caught me by surprise and I didn't, and it was in in my mind really gave me the effect of, oh shit, we're like flying upwards. So that was interesting. Um, I did a couple more things, not exactly sure what pointed at the significant targets or whatever to help me focus. By the end of it, I took it off and honestly... I didn't feel meditated at all. I didn't feel focused at all. My brain and my eyeballs felt completely fried. Um, It wasn't an enjoyable experience all the way around, you know? Yeah, I do. And my thing is all these people keep talking about how we're just going to be immersed in the metaverse. And I'm thinking to myself, there's just no way. I know there is a segment of humanity that probably will fall into that hole. But from a human nature, from a physical animal standpoint, it's just not sustainable. It's not a sustainable technology physically. I'm not even talking about emotionally because I'm sure you could spend all day in that thing you know, watching porn and whatever the fuck else you want to do with it. But it's just not physically sustainable as far as your your eye endurance and your brain endurance. Like the fatigue is so heavy. Yeah, I think that's why I think video games, like as we know them, where you're out, where you're watching a TV with a controller, those video games are... 
going to continue to be more successful than Oculus. I've spoken to people that play video games or have friends that play video games that also have an Oculus. And I've heard, you know, this isn't tons of data, but I've heard the majority of people say they don't use the Oculus. They play their video games with the controller how we traditionally would. Um, you know, and when I say I wasn't impressed, I thought I was going to put this thing on and basically be like, yep, this is the future. Uh-huh. I thought that's what I was gearing up for. That's what was, everyone seems to say. I, well, I of course know. it's what they say. It's, that's how they're that's how they're advertising it. But I didn't feel that, guys, honestly. I didn't feel that either. I was like, how are we Yeah. So I didn't feel that. It was an intri- it was a weird experience. It was a weird sort of primal experience watching you wear it yeah i don't know if you had that while i was wearing it but it's very fucking odd watching an animal put this thing on their head yeah where you kind of like you're kind of it's almost (laughs) like when a dog when you do a sound and a dog looks at you with its head cocked that's almost how i was like looking at you you know yeah i had this weird thing and then um it was so bizarre watching you do it for yeah. sure it was so bizarre so you've got this big thing and you look ridiculous yeah and you're you're blind to the real uh, world yeah but to but to also your point i was nauseous after i think i was more nauseous than you because I, I i was actually i don't yeah, know you couldn't don't get know back happened. on it i tried to give it another yeah, shot you got but... back on i was i was surprised but i was very nauseous i did the trip thing too where, you know, it's supposedly this meditation thing. This voice gets on and says, hello, you're going to soon be walking through the. We've got a little. Oh, there it is. It's gone. You're going to be walking through the jungle with us now. And first of all, traditionally, first of all, you're not meditating at all. No, it's not. Traditionally in meditating, meditating, you're eyes are closed i suppose you could take some psychedelic and put these on and have an experience i think that would be awful yeah i, I mean, want to that too when I take mushrooms man yeah. i want to be fucking outdoors yeah. in the sun right you know, so like, the trip thing no so the way so the trip thing to me was not cathartic in the same way uh sitting and closing in my eyes and meditating is Meditating is also sort of challenging, you know, mm. and there's no challenge with like, you know, yeah. you Looking know what I mean? The palm Meditating, you the... have to sort of, you know. yeah. So I was, in you're this... confronted with yourself, right? That's uh, the point. Yeah. So I was in this weird kelp forest. I was walking on water. It wasn't I, okay. I don't know. And then I was just like, all right. I got to get out I'm of here. Over it. So then I I'm wanted to try a couple of, let me just say the two other things I tried cuz you didn't try it. I did this I did the lightsaber game. I was I was stoked oh, on that for that. about 12 seconds. <laughs> I did uh, you know, and then I was like, okay, I've had enough. And then I tried the shooting game. Talk I didn't about do that. talk about like 
promoting like potential real life violence. Like you're walking around this fucking war zone with a fucking gun shooting people. I'm just like, what am I doing right now? This, this is like what you're creating and you know, what is this? Of course you do trip, which I guess is holistic. And then you do the fucking gun game. And then I went on YouTube. You, you know, you can watch documentaries. I watched that um, Alex Honnold uh, rock climber documentary. He climbed El Capitan. Oh, you kind of did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, this is this, that's the end of it. I, I so I watched that. You're like sitting in his van with him. It's weird, <laughs> but like you know, you're not there. So like, how interesting yeah. is it after a while? It's sad. To me, it's really sad. It's not really that interesting. I mean, like, it was kind it's... of scary because I'm like standing on top of El Capitan. Like that's, you know, that's kind of like a weird sensation that they can create. Similar to your like flying sensation. Right. There's some sensations that they can pull yeah. off w- within the illusion. Right. They're tricks of the mind, which is really powerful and interesting. But... It's also, I mean, you're standing in your living room. Yeah. You know, like, you're not, (laughs) it's not, you're not plunged into forgetfulness. Yeah. Somebody said something to me the other day, how they think augmented reality is probably going to be more successful that, than virtual reality. That makes more sense to me. Like augmented reality so is like, like we're here and like Darth Vader's sitting yeah, next to us. Yeah. Or you our, put your our, phone and a thing Or our grandfather up. is sitting next to us right. having tea, you know? That actually seems more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, But... I don't know. I don't know how all of these people are projecting the world to be plunged into the metaverse. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind business and commerce is going to be heavily digitized. Yeah. You know, in the next whatever in the future, whatever that means. But as far as us doing a whole lot of interacting in there, I just don't. I mean, sure. I know, of course. There are tons of people that probably will like do the Mark Zuckerberg thing and say, hey, guys, you don't have to go to a meeting as yourself anymore. You get to put on whatever costume you want and do that. Well, let I me mean, you see. could do that in real life. But well, something else that I thought was interesting was that your daughter put the thing on uh-huh. and she was excited about it. She wanted to try it. I guess she had gone to some show, some whale show. She went to the mall and they had a VR experience. Okay. So, which she is, tri- so she tried it on. She she had kind of known about it, tried it before. She put it on. And when we did it, she was there. She did it too. And, you know, she she was a little bit more, you know, like, wow, this is, this is cool. Wow. And then, but when she took it off, she didn't really care to put it back on. Yeah. Now... Speaking as when we were kids, if you if you took a video game away from us, we wanted to play that video game all night. Oh, yeah. The fact that she was able to say, hey, I'm not really or she was able to not do it more. Right. Shows me that it's not quite as powerful as you might think it is. Uh-huh. You know, 
That yeah. was an interesting thing to me. Yeah, that was interesting. That was true. It was true. Um, and then I want to tell you about the uh, Metaverse keynote, but wherever you want to take it, I just don't want to forget because I don't have my notes. Okay, well, years ago, I heard this story on NPR. This was like 2010, probably. I used to listen to NPR driving into um, football, into work, early in the morning. And uh, listening to NPR, and they did this story on something called the Uncanny Valley. Now, the Uncanny Valley, remember the movie Final Fantasy? The movie? I remember the video game. They made a movie. Yeah, yeah, I remember the movie, yeah. yeah. And it didn't really do that well. Right, right. And it had a huge cast. Alec Baldwin was in it, like... Oh, interesting. Yeah, I remember. I remember, yeah. Um, But they were talking about this thing, this phenomenon that occurs with technology called the Uncanny Valley. And basically what it means, or what they've discovered, is that when... The graphics, I'm just going to use that term because I don't, uh, there might be some more specific terminology here, but when the graphics become too close to real, but they're still not real, there's a very visceral negative response Mm. in the human brain. Like people have a very negative response when it crosses this certain threshold of pixelation and clarity and realism. Interesting. <laughs> and it's because, huh? You want this up a little bit? Be up maybe just a little bit. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. And so. When the graphics cross this threshold, the imagery actually becomes displeasurable to the human mind, which is why they were saying that Final Fantasy didn't do well, because the graphics either need to be within or before this uncanny valley threshold, Mm. so not perfect, Mm -hmm. or it needs to be real life. Interesting. Because if it's not, the human mind has a very unpleasant reaction right. that doesn't bode well for, let's call it, since it's we're talking about selling products, um, you know, revenue margins. Yeah. Which well, I, and I thought that was really interesting in thinking back to the Oculus. You know, it's never. There's only a certain threshold that they can work within. Right. Graphics wise. Well, they're kind of, well, it seems to me like they're trying to make it perfect. They're trying to make the graphics perfect. So to your point, it doesn't really work. That's that's what I'm so, saying. So you're sort of like you're sort of and maybe what that is when it's too good, so to speak. You, you're, you, you almost feel like I might as well just be in reality. This isn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. 
For and sure. also, that's I think interesting. That's part of the element of that. Yeah, that's thing. interesting to think about cartoons because cartoons aren't. Cartoons are very rarely lifelike. Yeah. They're cartoony. Yeah. And they're enjoyable and they're funny. And so then you can kind of get into the imaginative play. Right. I watched this. I don't know why I ended up watching it, but I watched this documentary on the making of that James Bond game. Remember Golden, we, yes. GoldenEye? Yeah. That was a dope Dude, game. Dude, the graphics are unbelievably <laughs> like rudimentary. Uh-huh. I remember those graphics being incredible. Yeah. I, they were showing game. clips of the game. I was like, this is what the graphics were? Like, the heads yeah. were like boxes. Yeah. I remember that game, like, mind-blowing graphics. I agree. And, I, dude, I looked the, in this documentary. They had all these scenes of, like, like events we used to play. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. That's so interesting. It's like the humans are, like, seven pixels. Right. You know, like, the That's arm crazy. is, like, a pixel. But that's really interesting, like how how we evolve. I know how with, we perceived it then with like graphic technology, and our and I suppose that's a comment on our brain, yeah, doing all of this work uh -huh. to make it look a certain way for us. Well, I had this interesting thought, Eb. This this thing with cars. Uh -huh. uh, the other day, I was dr I was driving and I was like looking at different cars and like. Isn't it interesting how we have this perception where we do this differentiation of like what is deemed a fancy car? Mm, like yeah. what if you put a Tesla logo on like a 2004 Toyota Ford Camry. Escape? Yeah, yeah. And like what is that? Is it about That's the design? How like the sleekness? Yeah, yeah. And then like dude, two years later the car is awful right it's like bored like the design is bad yeah yeah like you look at like i mean anything like a bmw from like and then what's really trippy ebb the design you wait long enough and the design becomes cool again i know how weird is that <laughs> i know that's a weird trip of design and perception. Yeah, it really is. Isn't it? Yeah, it's a very... It's like that with clothes as well. Yeah. I mean, now it's the... the. We're back in the 90s. Right. I don't know what clothes is nowadays. I've, it seems like just throw on whatever yeah. feels good. I feel and, like we've reached some peak of clothes. I wear, like, I so wear all yoga clothes now, I mean sweats and sweatshirts yeah, yeah. And maybe it's because i'm not into it as much anymore but i don't know if that's true i feel like clothes we've just we've just done so many different <laughs> possibilities we've transcended yeah it's interesting though but that idea that yeah. um what do you call that it's like Vintage. economy of style or something yeah it's very it's interesting. it is interesting because i was looking at teslas and i was thinking how <clears throat> how simple and clean the car looks mm -hmm. teslas to me look like the the shots you see of i don't know if this is even a real thing but 
you've seen those commercials where they're almost carving the car out of clay. Uh huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what a Tesla looks like to me. Yeah. Like they didn't even really finish it and kept it so plain and just right, simple. Right. It's an interesting car. I mean, somebody, somebody, I like somebody told me yesterday they had, they had been driving one. They said it, they didn't like it. They said, it feels like I'm driving an iPhone. That's interesting. I don't really need like a, a computer in front of me. I mean, I just feel like some of it's really a technologically. <laughs> I, I mean, think they're really beautiful. In I've, the simplicity, it feels excessive. But I've know. ridden in a handful of them. I think they're really beautiful cars. I am not, at least at this stage of my life, I need a gas car because I need to be able to go far. Yeah, they're beautiful. take road trips and you sure. can't, you know. It's, saying they're not interesting. No, no. I don't know what we're talking about, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like the G wagons though. Those are sweet. The mat the mat G wagons are fucking dope. Yeah, man. those are sweet. Why not? That'd be fun. Uh but I also am feeling myself drawn to trucks, big fucking trucks like yeah. a Chevy Silverado. I don't know. Um I might uh Yeah, I don't know. What? You might what? Get a Ferrari and drive it to Alaska. Up the PCA. I love that and idea. Just leave it there. Interesting. I've always talked about that. It's a good reason. idea. I don't know where that comes from. I'm going to camp in it along the way. Then I'm going to get to where I'm going and leave it there. Sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, brother. <laughs> okay, so the next thing we wanted to talk about. So that was it. I mean, the yeah. Oculus. Hey, That's the report. I not, don't know. Not great. I would never buy one. Yeah. I, I don't understand what the craze is. I think we've got a long way to go on figuring out how that. Yeah how humanity becomes sucked into the fucking meta hole i just have a couple notes on the metaverse keynote okay give us the give us the nuggets right, on it's reptilian not, it's not zuck and it's not long he's basically the keynote it, he they're really pushing for future work workspace you know it's uber fucking positive wow Hey, and they're doing the they they're setting up these scenes. Hey, Zuck, how you doing? Here's Jenny, Chief Technical Officer. God, I'm so excited to talk to you today about this new thing we're doing. Wait till you see. And you're just like, guys, God, stop, please. You know, so it's like uber excessively positive and just like, okay, I don't, you know. Yeah. And then it almost looks like Zuckerberg watched Ready Player One and said, I'm going to do that. <laughs> it literally is like that. That's crazy. So he like takes you into rooms. He's like, this is going to be the future of work. Hey, Ken, look, Ken's an octopus today. Oh, where's Jenny? Somebody call Jenny. Hey, Mark, I'm at the interactive art exhibit downtown. Let me fly in. And she like comes in as a robot. So it's like Zoom. It's really like an it's like a 
interactive zoom yeah it's like a bigger more you know ex- you know exploded version of zoom so they're really pushing that there's um <laughs> he talks a lot about it's the so games weird. he talks a, yeah he talks a lot about the games like the games we played the trip thing this is going to be you know and then the other thing is like there's this big like marketplace thing he keeps like saying like you, the creators, are what's going to make this great. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. I see you, man. You want us to be slaves again, just like Instagram. I, I know what you're doing. Uh-huh. Because you can't make this work without people right. making shit in it. Right. You know what I mean? That's a great point. Don't don't try and, you know, I know what you're saying. And people are going to sign up because it's people are going to be making money off of it. But let let's be conscious here, guys. These things don't run unless we sign up. You know, Instagram doesn't run without the people, you know. So if you're going to use Instagram, you know, I think get what you can out of it and then then leave. But, you know, use it in whatever way you can, because it's essentially using us in a way. But so there's a lot of that. Um, Can I just say? Doesn't it all feel like this really elaborate (laughs) proposition to maximize loneliness? Loneliness and maximize returns on insecurities? Yeah, probably. Like, hey, man, you're so uncomfortable going to work. Now, you don't even have to. Yeah. You could show up in a gorilla suit and not even be yourself. Well, there's a lot of that, too. Not just work. There's a lot of pitching you on. You don't have to be you there. Or also like, hey, hey, we're going to this concert tonight. Do you want to come? beam in so it's like you're in new york i'm in la and you want to go to the concert so i'll meet you there meanwhile in the keynote they're not showing you that in order to do that you actually need this headgear on like they it's interesting when they show reenactments of it they don't show the person wearing the headgear right so it's like yeah, but yeah. you're not really showing the whole thing. And it's then, like the commercials when we were kids of the toys. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And you the said toys that. flying through the air. And yeah. as a kid, you're like, dude, that toy fucking flies. Yeah. And then you get it and you realize, yeah. oh, that was a commercial. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I just don't want to forget because I don't have notes. And then he. You're uh, beaming in. There's an opportunity yeah. to beam in. Yeah, they're working on these glasses too, so maybe that's what they're trying to do, like virtual reality glasses. So you, we we've teamed up with Ray-Ban to make the most stylish virtual reality glasses ever. And then he he does a joke about wearing a lot of sunscreen. I thought that was sort of self-reflective of him. Interesting. And then he makes multiple points about safety. He like there's like multiple moments throughout the keynote where he like pauses and says, you know, 
I just want you to know that, that we're prizing safety here and we want everybody to be, you know, and it's just like, God, what? yeah, because you know, this could go wrong in a thousand different ways. Um, um anyway, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound pessimistic. You know, I don't no, know. Dude, I don't know what there is no, to really be I mean, optimistic about it. Right. It's, just, it's like, just a very dark hole. I was thinking this the other day. I, the only issue I have <clears throat> in life, any narrative that proposes isolation and fear as a righteous path is a narrative I, I want nothing to do with. I have no time for. And the narratives being spun around all of these things through COVID with the mandates and all the shit with COVID. And now this weird opportunistic emergence of this metaverse thing. I mean, Oculus has been around for a few years now. Hasn't it? I feel it? like it's been around for a while. Yeah, I mean, they've been throwing this thing around for a while, but now you go down, you drive down the street, you've got fucking billboards everywhere of people like dancing in yeah. cool positions, fucking with their Oculus on, and it's and the commercials and the whole launching of the Meta. Well, and, the interesting thing to that point is that they really promote it as something that's going to build community. Which is nonsense. Because you're alone, actually. Get out and meet people, well, man. Well, because you're alone. You're sitting in well, your that's house what I'm on saying. your couch with Jenny in San Antonio, and you're in, in uh, Oregon. This is what I'm saying. Saying, let's go to the, meet me at the concert. Dude, go to the concert in your town. Like, what? It just, it's so, I, I don't it's so it's such a skewed perspective of the world man it's such a off center out of alignment out of integrity thing it's it's not very interesting it's not very no, it's not i mean that's why we're not gonna really <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna I mean, you also use the tool as it presents itself the way I think we probably use social media and but, other digital platforms as they exist yeah. now. But but also, if you look at like two things, two sort of primal things, you look at food and uh, physical touch. Those are two things that humans love. Yeah. And what two things can you not get in the metaverse? Right. Food and physical touch. Yeah. You can get none of those. Zero percent. That's a profound. Uh, you, that's a profound highlight there, Gus. Yeah. You cannot eat in the metaverse and you cannot hug or kiss somebody, etc. in the metaverse. And those are two things that I don't care how technological you get, unless you're a robot. Right. 
you'll always want and need and it cannot be satisfied in the metaverse i don't i don't care how many digital squids you get into the hot tub with that have you know triple fucking z breasts or you know the how many lions you get into the you know ring with that have horse cocks i mean it doesn't matter it's not going to be enough it's true. It's very true, man. They can't. Or burgers. You put a digital burger in front of me, or you put a digital hey, pan- stack of pancakes. There's nothing there. I can't eat it through the Oculus. Yeah, that's true. It's the ultimate bummer of the whole thing. Is that too much to say the lions and the squids? I feel like that's how weird it would be. Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? No, it's I like a weird of trip course, you would it's be on. so weird, dude. It's like that movie you said where the guy's in that's the sauna exactly with the squid. That's exactly what he did. He's yeah. in the sauna. He's in the hot tub with the fucking weird squid alien chick. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> brilliantly put. Period. Mic drop. Two of the most important things of human experience, food and physical touch. You can't get either one in the metaverse. Point blank. Can I say one thing? You made me think about this uh, that occurred to me the other day or actually like an hour ago in yoga. It's your podcast. (laughs) Is it? Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking how there's such, we create such insanity in our life with everything and food in particular. Mm. And I was thinking how dogmatic people get about food. Mm. And the veganism and the carnivorism and the ketos and the paleos and the fucking vegetarians and the pescatarians and everyone has such strong opinions about it. And I was thinking to myself, like, the Inuits in Alaska don't give a fuck what the Maasai warriors in Africa are eating Mm -hmm. and vice versa. You know? Mm-hmm. And like the Comanches didn't give a fuck what the Americans were eating unless, or the American settlers were eating unless they were encroaching on their hunting grounds. And people have such this dire need to make other people who don't do things the way they do out to be the enemy. And. It's a problem of it's a problem of abundance, honestly. We have too much information, we have too much time, we're too comfortable. Food is a food is a primal necessity of sustenance, of nourishment, of feeding your body to be a strong individual. To be an energized individual who can go about your life and do the things you need to do. And yet we've turned it into this thing to argue about. Isn't that mind-blowing? 
Well, I think the Inuits probably didn't know anybody else. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and the Maasai's or whoever didn't, you know, have any, didn't know anybody else. So to your point of, uh, what did you say? You said uh, an abundance, is that what you said? Problem of abundance. Yeah, I mean, you know, we know all, we know everybody now. Like, I mean, so... You know, everybody's values are clashing. I mean, even our values. I mean, we're not interested in the value of virtual reality the same way, Met. You know, Zuckerberg is. Yeah. So I don't know. What are we doing here? Are we? I we're we're commenting on it. We're providing some perspective. I guess we're interested in it to some extent. Well, I also think we're concerned. I think we are looking at things. I mean, to the I don't know point, if I'm concerned. Oh, come on, dude. You wouldn't do a podcast if you weren't concerned. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, what am I concerned about? What's You're my concerned concern? about a lot of things. That we're going to end up in the matrix? You wouldn't talk about anything if you weren't concerned about anything. I, I guess think. that's true. Yeah, that's you're so true. concerned about... The well-being of humanity. I think, yes, and I think because you have some ability or grace to pause and move back from the machine, probably because of your meditation practice, you can go, hey, wait a second. What are we doing here? You know? Hey, can we see where we're going? What does this mean? What are the implications of this? What is this going to do to us? Yeah. Which it doesn't really seem like these people are doing. And I know they're not stupid. I know if you said to Zuckerberg, hey, man, don't you think like this could be a little dicey for the few? Like he's not going to fu- he's not going to be completely oblivious to that thought. Right. But they don't seem to care. Yeah. Is it an ego thing? I mean, you talk about the ego a lot. And to the point of people saying I think to, a lot of it is. And and but to the point of people saying to you recently or whoever, I don't know, thinking that we or you get on this podcast speaking dogmatically or that you're saying something and slamming the uh the the judge hammer down on the table saying this is gospel i don't think that's what you're doing i think you're um you know pro- yeah. proposing things and speaking you know there i feel like there's you know with the with the universal truths there're certain universal truths that don't that aren't about arguments and you feel those truths. They're intuitive. They're not intellectual. You know? Yeah. We can feel things. Um, so you do care. You are concerned. Yeah, you're right. I'm concerned about the well-being of humanity. I guess that's the the root of everything I do. I also want to say we didn't really have any sort of celebration for a hundred episodes. Which I think we sort of just flew over. I feel like we need to... Honor that a little bit? Yeah, I don't know how we do that. We should think about that. We'll do something. Book release is coming. Nice. 
Um, the ebb and flow. I want to talk about... So, yeah, you're right. We're concerned about the well-being. Here's a really helpful tip. This is somewhat... I want everybody who listens to this podcast. Gus turned me on to this, but Gus, actually, Nate Jackson told me about this years ago. I'm not sure he heard it from Jerron Lanier the way you did. Uh-huh. But I want everybody listening to this episode, I want you, everyone who listens to this podcast, I want you to do an experiment. There's a thing called grayscale in your phone. You go into your settings. You go to accessibility. You go to display and text size. And then you you click on this thing, color filters at the bottom. And you click on that. And it comes, it shows you this screen with all these colored pencils. And there's a button of filters, press grayscale. And it turns your whole phone black and white. And this has been one of the most profound things I've ever experienced with technology. Do this for 24 hours and see what happens. I can't tell you how fascinating it is to go from this experience of being in the world and looking down at your phone to this super vibrant, colorful, pixelated dreamland in my phone. Which we all know at the end of the day, you know that feeling when you've looked at your phone too much during the day and your fucking eyeballs are melting out of your skull, right? Your prefrontal cortex is blown out. You know the feeling. When you turn it to grayscale, all of a sudden, something happens. And now you're living your life, you pull out your phone, and it's this dull, black and white, uninteresting thing that you literally don't have an in, you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, that's not, that's boring. And you put it away. And over and over again, it's like the, the fucking veil was flipped the prism, the lens of your visual perception of life was completely turned on its head, and now you're seeing your life in technicolor again. It's kind of amazing that Apple even included that in there, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's almost to me like they know. I know. They, they're like, yeah, we got to put this in Yeah, this, it's like crack. This is yeah. crack. It's crack it on, took- a, on, a, on a neurochemical level. Technology is crack. Yeah, it took me... uh... I'm not saying that as a joke, though. I'm saying that truly. I mean, it's a dopamine dump. You're addicted. If you're on on your phone every day, or we could even pare it down, if you're on Instagram every day, you're addicted to it. It's a dopamine dump. You're addicted to it, dude. Let's not split hairs. Because every time you look at your phone and you just see a new image... You read a new word. Your brain has a feedback loop of producing dopamine, your reward molecule. Because every time you learn something new, you get rewarded for that. 
intaking new information. So every time you look at your phone and you scroll through Instagram and you're seeing hundreds and thousands of pictures and reading all of these words in the span of 30 seconds, you're dumping dopamine into your brain. And then you put your phone away. What happens? Like two minutes later, you pull it out again and you're you're doing it again. We're addicted. It's crack. I know. I know. Turn your phone to grayscale. I'm talking about the grayscale. The grayscale will help. I mean, I think it makes it a little bit less of a crazy version of crack. It it's, took me. It took me at almost two days to get used to the grayscale. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, it's such a weird. Maybe longer. Actually, you honestly, you don't even really know what's happening at first. You're, you're just like, whoa, yeah. something is different. Yeah. Well, it's very different. Um, but it's crack. I mean, if so you're, I wanted to, dude, I wanted to share that because I thought that was a really interesting experiment that I've done and experienced, and uh, if important if as we venture down <laughs> this road, because I think us here's the deal: our generation, because we have been the gen, we've been the bridge generation, yeah, of this techno world, yeah. I. See. We are truly the bridge generation of that. We're we're a very interesting, yeah. So the onus is on us to set the fucking guidelines for how we can use this stuff. Because look, man, it's a fucking powerful tool. We're sitting here at midnight on a Monday, Tuesday morning, recording a podcast that's going to go out to the world to be listened to by literally anyone on the planet. Yeah, it's incredible. It's a powerful shit. But I saw this very interesting, um, it was an Instagram post. I saw this thing this guy posted. I mean, it was just interesting in what it, you know, you know, I don't know. He, he basically just said what you said, which I've, I've thought about and talked to people about that the generation basically from like, I don't know if he said 1986 or 1987, but 1987 to 1995 is a very interesting pocket of of years to be born in because you are pre-technology as we know it now and post uh, you know, post like no real technology. Uh-huh. It's a very, very particular. I've always felt like I've straddled the the edge. It's like I'm on this horse yeah. or like I'm on this this fissure of like one foot is on one side of the land. The other foot is on the other side of the land of I don't like technology mixed with technology is what i grew up in and you're totally right dude because i mean even if you think about zuckerberg i have such a weird feeling saying his name even if you think about (laughs) him strange one just just kind of for what more for what he represents i i don't know or for what i it's like saying darth vader yeah i know it it is that's how i feel um (laughs) you know even him He's not in the generation of that. He's in the generation of how can we maximize profits off of technology. He's not. See, 
I mean, back to the concern thing. He's not concerned about that. So you're right. right. As torchbearers for basically the future of people who grew up with cell phones who don't really know any better, our cousins, you know, who just like, man, I don't know what reality they're living in. You know, they probably need help getting out of the virtual reality. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I love that. I mean, it's a great point. I don't know if it even needs to be extrapolated upon and fucking blown into this, you know, philosophical thing other than we're in a pocket of years that is different than others. Yeah, I think we just have our grouping of people on the planet have a really important insight into the landscape of technology because we've also come up with this stuff in a way where we've seen it on such a multi-dimensional level from the emotional impact you feel the mental impact what it means to share things and how things get shared and seen and twisted and celebrated and hated on and feeling the full gamut of it all and coming to that very real realization or very important realization that I think a lot of people in the older generation don't even understand yet, which is yeah. When you put something online, everyone sees it. Mm. Because it blows my mind. Poli- politicians are I don't even are know. caught <laughs> are like posting things all the time that right. negate the very words they speak yeah. for, in their public seat. I don't even fully comprehend that. Well, it's pretty. Pro- I, I, mean, I have a very. I have definitely seen that and experienced. No, of course, that. I've seen that, but it's mind blowing that that's the truth. That if you put something in this sphere, everybody on Earth has access to it. Unless well, you're, isn't unless that, you're in North Korea or something? Isn't that part of this whole thing of cancel culture? Is a perversion of moral integrity cancel culture <laughs> Does, I just you know what i mean though love you you know what i mean because nothing can hide that cancel culture is a symptom of the nothing can hide reality that technology has created it's a symptom of moral perversion is that what you said What'd you say? Uh, it's a perversion of moral integrity. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm saying it's coming out of this place. It's, it's, a, it's a perverse manifestation of the nothing-can-hide reality mm. that technology has created because now we become judge, jury, and executioner yeah. over a moment of someone's life where they did something that we all do things that we're not proud of that, you know what I mean? 
like we have all in a in a state in a heated state said a word that was wrong or taken an action that was wrong i mean that's human beings well that's That's, the whole but that's what i'm saying but because of technology you can't hide that's like for me why it's like i have to just be fully myself at all times because i know nothing can hide there's no lying. <laughs> no, seriously though. Yeah. There's no getting around. There's no hiding. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I'm just trying to wrap the point around what you're saying. I'm trying to connect the dots here. Well, that's the crux with the problem. I feel like we've talked about cancel culture. I feel like cancel culture is dead. I don't know why we went to that. If you're still trying no. to cancel people, I'm over it. I'm not interested. No, no, no. I, it's not this is interesting. Why. I'm interested in I compassion agree. culture. I agree, Gus. Let me say wait, this. Wait, wait. No, yeah. not, let me say this, though. Hold on. Can I say why I was on that even? Compassion culture. <laughs> I love compassion culture. I love that. That's I Let's fucking, actually fucking coin that's a that t-shirt. shit, brother. Compassion Fuck out of here with this cancel culture shit. Compassion Get on culture, Twitter. Dog. Get on Twitter. Tell me you've never done anything wrong. I'm so over that. It's so not interesting now. It's so yeah, old. It's nonsense. It's, it's boring. Nonsense. It's boring. Um, Stop the virtue signaling. Stop on your on your high horse like you are infallible. That's the whole problem with all of that, what you just said. Yeah. I feel like we've said this on 20 podcasts. You, uh, you're, <laughs> have we? I feel like we have. Everybody's fallible. That's Stop it, trying man. to point people out. Like, There's listen, no spiritual evolution. There's li- no healing in that. Listen to somebody's point. Somebody says men are being too feminine. Okay, listen to them. Just hear that out. You don't have to agree with it. But you also don't have to scorn them and say, you can't exist. Or say, you know, women deserve to be in power. Okay. Women deserve to be in power. How do we talk about that? How do we work with this? Like, this is not going to work anymore. This this division, this you versus me mentality. It doesn't work. Haven't we noticed that? Hmm. The teams, the team thing. Red, blue, left, right. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. It's never. How many presidents are we going to go through where we start where we think this guy's the one or this woman is the one? And and then we then we, a, a year in, we go, oh, my God. What's happening? Where's the next one? Oh, Jesus. You're on fire, brother. You're on fire. The reason I was saying that was because our generation has had the full scope of technological experience. The whole thing. We've run the gamut. We've seen it all. We know it all. We've created the, you know, digitized consciousness. Um... And so the onus is on us. Honestly, that's how I look at it. The onus is on us to establish sustainable guidelines for how to use this type of technology. And I don't mean like, you know, 
let's fucking mandate our way into some nonsense. But no, just like, it's like when man created fire for the first time. Imagine what that might have been like. Mm. The amazement, the wonder, the fucking... I mean, the the feeling of accomplishment. The, I mean, that took us so far. <laughs> that was a massive leap. However that even came about. Dudes banging rocks together and sparks flying and hit some <laughs> flint. Right? Like, how the fuck did that even happen? But it's very similar. Like, there was a whole growing pain process of using the fire and getting burned and... Learning, oh, I could cook meat on that. Oh, that keeps me warm. Oh, I better not fucking stand in it. Oh, it needs to be contained. With it. Yeah, oh, I could fuck people up with it. Oh, the whole forest is on fire. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was a whole massive process of integrating this new technology into our lives. Mm. And so I think with technology, it's similar. Like we've created fire again. Mm-hmm. And we've been stumbling through, and it's happened so fast. It's happened so fast that we, we've been, we've made mistakes with it. We've developed insane expansions of our reality with it. We've transcended probably so much time in our evolution and our connectivity globally about what we can accomplish business-wise and through commerce, etc. But we haven't yet established ground rules, like the integral ground rules of how do we use this the best way, the, be- the way that serves us. You well, know, it goes back to that thing, a hammer... You can build a house with it. You could fucking kill somebody with it. Well, that's that's. I mean, well, I guess that's the work that I would assume. I mean, it. I I don't know how successful he is or they are right now because I don't. Think, I don't think very many people have heard of him. But the guy that started that Center for Humane Tech, he's been around. Who's You've this guy? He's been on pod. He's been on Rogan. I mean, he's been on stuff. The Center for Humane Tech guy who has the kind of, uh, like, I mean, case in point, you've never even heard of him. I mean, right? you know, I'm, maybe I've heard of him because I was thinking about starting some sort of technology conglomerate that speaks about, you know, that doesn't just say, okay, here's the new thing. Go ahead. You know, you, we, we have a conversation about whether we as a culture want it, not whether the the corporations want us to have it right but to your point what's a bad technology and what's a good technology i mean you paired it down to the most basic technology ever of fire and you you know we just listed off virtues of it and we listed off you know challenges of it so i mean can we say the same for something like virtual reality i mean we could probably say the same for something like social media Nobody would yeah. know. Nobody would know about this podcast if it wasn't for social media. That's that's a virtue. Totally, that's a blessing. 
Um, But there's also stuff about social media, like you're saying, like the crack of it. That's probably not very good. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we can't. And back to the cancel culture, I was just going to say we can't damn things. Yeah. We can't damn things out of existence without uh, experimentation. But if the but if the experimentation involves sacrificing people, that's not going to work because who are you sacrificing? Right. If you're God and I'm God, we're not allowed to sacrifice each other. Um. Mm. So I think it's a very uh like like our potential grandfather Jack Parsons said, freedom is a double-edged sword. Yeah. You know, these freedoms are double-edged. Fire is very double-edged. Absolutely. It can heat us or it can light the forest on fire and then and ev- and everybody's dead. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't really know what the virtues of Oculus are. Some of these technologies are getting to a point where I don't like I don't know what the virtue of Neuralink would be. Right. You know, yeah, you could say I've got Google in my skull and I can, you know, I I know everything. I don't know. I don't know if that's where we want to go. Right. So the technologies are starting to get a little bit, eh. They're starting to get a little iffy in that. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. It's starting to get a little, uh... Well, then it becomes the archaic revival. Yeah. Everybody just walks outside. (sighs) You know? Everyone just walks outside and fucking takes a nap under a tree and when remembers just, how beautiful the sun is when it just gets too weird too boring yeah too much that's all you got to do how how does that happen does that take a cataclysm i mean what 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 does that require maybe i think it's happening man you go to texas brother i was in austin texas last week people are just there living man it's just life mm. It's it's fucking mind blowing. But they've got technology though. It's not like it's like a campground tribal, right? They have technology, don't they? I mean, of course. But people are outside living life, enjoying the experience of being a human, breathing fresh air, feeling the sunlight, laughing with people, getting exercise, like. Running their dogs, walking around. Do people not do that in L.A.? I mean, people definitely do. But there's a lot of masks. The energy here is really heavy, man. It's a super heavy energy. Every time I go away and I come back, it is so clear to me how much static is in the air here. Interesting. Yeah, it's really, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So, I think that was good, man. It was a good run. Concise. I think we wrapped it up. I mean, we'll probably dab and dip our toes back into the metaverse throughout the season, but. I feel good about that episode. I feel like we left on a note about L.A. having static and we need to kind of have a solution here. 
I don't know what the solution is, man. If you're there, you're there. Don't bullshit. Do the work to help, you know? Because your karma might be you're in L.A. Your karma might be you're in the stacks. I'm here, man. How can you... I'm fucking you know, meditating be, and chanting be, my ass off. How can you be a warrior of light and be of service to people and show up? Until you go to the next place, I don't know. I'm not talking about you, really. I'm, I mean, I'm saying generally. No, I feel what you're saying. I'm, I'm the fucking... You know, I'm, uh, you know me, man. I'm here just working on being the fucking highest aspect of myself at all times and doing everything I can to light people up everywhere I go. Yeah, I know. It's just a heavy energy here, man. I don't, and I'm, I'm just saying that as an observance. I'm just, and I think a lot of heavily metropolitan cities are are becoming like why that. is that la is such a spiritual mecca though why i know is that? i agree is that, is that why i don't know maybe it's just in the valley it's, i don't it, know or, no but is or it, west hollywood or what do you mean I, I in the know. valley i mean it's i don't know you're talking you're in venice all the time is it is it is it uh feedback it feels like sta- like i feel like Are we getting feedback? Yeah, you know there's I mean? a lot of stat. There's a lot of static in the atmosphere. But is that? I be- don't know what it is. It's. But is that because? Is it all the five G towers? I don't know. I mean, I think we're foolish to think that all of these super dense frequencies aren't doing something to our physical bodies. Oh, sure. I think that's that's a complete. You you don't have to be a fucking scientist to recognize that dense sound frequencies have an impact on your physical body. I think that's that's the most foolish thing I could possibly imagine. So you're I agree, you're but you're talking about more physical than spiritual? Um I think there is, look, man, I think it's, there's undoubtedly a division happening. And I'm not saying it's a permanent division because anything can happen. Anything is possible in the eyes of God. But there is a definite, the divide in humanity right now is between people who are living their life from the guiding principle of love and people who are living their life by the guiding principle of fear. And all it takes is one moment, one breath, one insight, one happening. Anything can happen for someone to go from fear to love. Because fear is a dead-end pathway. It's isolation. It's death. It's curling into itself. It's closing up. It's a dead-end pathway. Love is infinite and eternal and expansive and ever-growing in the primal essence of creation. And in my experience, I've done a lot of traveling over the last year. I've gone to really interesting states, Montana, 
gone to Texas, I've gone to Miami, I've gone to Arizona. And L.A. definitely has a vibration of fear. There's a there's a heavy vibration of fear in the atmosphere here. Makes sense. And I wonder what New York is like. Oh my god, I think New York to me sounds like hell right now. I think New York is probably the capital of fear on the planet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe somewhere in Australia or Canada. Right. Although those people are seem to be really standing up and doing some really powerful work through yeah. protesting and stuff. Um, politically, though, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I don't know. It's just my observation. I'm here, brother. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, and I'm going to do my best to to do it. But you go to a place like Texas and there's this like left... There's this weird like leftist mythology around places like Texas and Florida right now where it's like, oh my God, those are, you know, COVID war zones run by, I don't even know what it is, but you go there, man, and it's just like people are alive. There's an aliveness like that is not happening here. That's, I love that. Yeah, it's hopeful. It's really beautiful, man. It's a, it's, and hey, man, I have a, we, I think we have a really beautiful community of really amazing people here in LA who are very alive, absolutely alive and vibrant and doing incredible things, creative, inspired people. Um, I'm just talking about the, the city itself's atmosphere, you know? Yeah, no, I feel, I feel you. And I, I don't know. It's uh, it could change in an instant, you know. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. Just an obser- observation. More will be revealed. More will be revealed. All right, brother. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Stealth mission, dude. Yeah, man. Really fun. Thank you. Excellent. Nam- Namaste. Namaste, y'all. Lots of love to you guys. Um. Thank you so much for listening. Have an excellent rest of your day. Uh, We'll see you all on the flip side. Peace.